Is this the year someone finally dethrones the Astros from atop the AL West? I think it is, and I think there are five reasons why the Rangers will do it. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers, your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on to the Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan since 2010, the founder and host for all five seasons of this Locked On Rangers podcast. Today is Friday, August 18th. Your Rangers are 72-49, and 49, alone in first place atop the AL West with a two-and-a-half game lead over those stinking Houston Astros. Thank you all so much for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked On Rangers. Subscribe on YouTube for the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into in today's episode. This show is brought to you by Sleeper. Swing for the fences on Sleeper Picks and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms views for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Now, on yesterday's show, some of y'all might have been mad at me for being the pessimist for saying five reasons why the Rangers won't win the AOS, but that's only because I was setting up today's show, five reasons why they will win the AOS. Gotta, gotta hear both sides, right? Sometimes no, but I think in this case, it's it's fair to hear both sides of the argument because there are a lot of optimistic Rangers fans, a lot of pessimistic Rangers fans. There's, there's guys on, on guys and gals on, on both sides of the pessimism to optimism scale. Many of us have been hurt many times before by the Rangers, but I, I'm still impressed by the optimists who, even after all the pain and suffering the Rangers have caused Rangers fans over the last, I don't know, 10, 15, 51 years in Texas, uh, it's... It's admirable that there are still a lot of people that are very optimistic, and I, I, I kind of lean towards that. I have been hurt, have been burned before. I know I say I'm cripplingly addicted to Texas Ranger fans since 2010, but I have been a fan for my whole life. But it was just reached a new level in 2010 for very obvious reasons. But there have been a lot of pain along the way, and for the most part, the last five years, unfortunately, the Astros have been a very good baseball team. The Rangers have not won the AL West since 2016, which was a great year. Both those titles in 15 and 16 were a lot of fun, even though the Rangers didn't go on to win the, either of those wild, or, or ALDS series against the Blue Jays, which is a topic for another discussion. Winning the AL West over the Astros was a lofty feat, especially since both those years it felt like the Astros were the ones that were picked by far to, to th- that was the start of their reign. This was when the Astros were going to come out of the doldrums and, and beat the Rangers. And at that point, the Rangers were still the reigning power to be. The powers have flipped since then, but this reigning, this team is on top of the AL West by two and a half games. They have a decent schedule heading down the road it's not a whole lot of really really tough teams that are left they don't have to play the Dodgers or the Braves again which is great I don't think there's any series against the Rays or the Orioles which is great there's not a whole lot of really great teams left on their schedule the Brewers might be one of the better teams the Rangers have left play outside of that three game series against the Astros but without further ado here are my five reasons why the Rangers will win the AL West which is actually what I believe I do believe they will win the AL West reason number one 
this Rangers team has a deeper lineup than the Astros. They have a deeper lineup than basically every other team in all of baseball outside of Atlanta. Atlanta's just on another world offensively this year, and it looked like maybe maybe the Rays were going to have a deeper lineup than the Rangers, but it's proven that the Rangers lineup is very, very deep, has five all-stars in it, five all-star starters, and they also got Nathan Eovaldi, which we'll talk about that in just a second. But this lineup, one through nine, no matter who's in it, is incredibly deep. They just keep calling up guys despite the injuries to Josh Young, to Jonah Heim, to at times uh, Corey Seager. I mean, it doesn't matter who they're calling up because they are all getting the job done. It's been a little bit of a rough go for Leo Tavares. We'll talk a little bit in the second segment about JPM maybe replacing him as an everyday center fielder. I don't know if we're quite there yet, but in this Friday lineup, we did see JPM get the start over Leo Tavares. But the point stands that everyone in this lineup is doing some damage. Robbie Grossman has an OPS over 900 since the All-Star break, and his OPS is finally above 700. Travis Jankowski has an on-base in the 370s, nearly 380. Josh Young has been slugging as good as anybody. Plus, at the top, you have a top four of Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Nathaniel Lowe, and Adolis Garcia, all of whom have been absolutely phenomenal. Just phenomenal, one through nine, especially one through six when healthy, when Josh Young is there hitting fifth and Jonah Heim is there hitting sixth. And, well, we don't know if that's going to be the case because Mitch Garver has also been on an absolute tear as of late. It just goes to show you how deep this lineup is. And even with Ezekiel Durant's struggle, he still has an OPS over 800. There are just so many guys in this lineup that can hit, that can do damage. And the Astros lineup, I thought, was going to be one of the best in baseball this year. And it turns out it has not been the case. Jose Abreu has been really just terrible this year. Jeremy Pena has taken several steps back offensively. Bregman has been well, mediocre for most of the season and then kind of turned it on. Kyle Tucker has been, well, himself, Jordan Alvarez. When he's been playing has been his Jordan Alvarez self. Same with Jose Altuve, but those two combined in Jordan and Jose Altuve have combined for 127 games between the two of them. That's not a whole lot. And yeah, Chaz McCormick's explosion has been really cool for them with an OPS over 900. But I mean, for the most part, the bottom third of their lineup is nowhere near as dangerous as the Rangers is and they keep deciding to put Jose Abreu up there in the cleanup spot well not 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 now that he's on the IL but this Rangers lineup optimizes where guys are hitting in the order and it is deep one through nine one of the best in all of baseball and it's just simply better than the Astros it's better than the Mariners better than the Angels better than everybody else in the ALS and I remember uh, being told that uh, the Mariners were going to definitely have a better lineup than the Rangers this year huh I find that kind of funny since I don't think anybody who is on their starting and according to their baseball reference page has an OPS over 800, whereas the Rangers have, uh, let's see, how many guys over 800? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six different guys with an OPS over 800 of their starting nine, the guys who have played the most at certain positions. But uh, anyway, this is a really deep lineup and one of the best offenses in baseball. And it's not just the lineup that is deeper than the Astros. It is also somehow the starting rotation, which is mind-boggling if you think about where these teams started at the beginning of the year. The Astros were one of the deepest pitching teams, and they just sustained injury after injury after injury. The Rangers have sustained a few injuries of their own. I mean, nobody that the Astros have lost pitching-wise is anywhere near Jacob DeGrom. Nobody on earth is when Jacob DeGrom is healthy. But the Rangers have sustained that injury. They sustained an injury to Nathan Eovaldi, who looks like he might be back around September 1st. That is the hope. But 
even without Nathan Eovaldi, this rotation is fantastic, including the additions they picked up at the deadline. Max Scherzer has a 180 ERA in three starts and 20 innings. We've seen Jordan Montgomery, who's got a 250 ERA in three starts and 18 innings. I mean, this rotation also includes Dane Dunning with a 310 ERA, John Gray with a 350 ERA, and Andrew Heaney with a good start tonight on Friday could lower his ERA down uh, just who just above four. It's at 417 right now. So, I mean, this rotation is fantastic. It is one of the best in all of baseball. And then we don't know what's going to happen when Nathan Eovaldi comes back. If Andrew Heaney moves to the pen and your worst starter in your rotation is maybe John Gray with a 350 ERA or Dane Dunning with a 310 ERA, that is one of, if not the best rotations in all of baseball. Coming up, we're going to talk a little bit more about why the Rangers will win the AL West and a certain debate about former front office members versus current front office members that I think should not be happening at all. But first, let's read from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Want the chance to win more money with less picks? Head to Sleeper, the number one sports app, where you can win up to 100 times your money on just two or more fantasy baseball picks. Do you think that Adolis Garcia is going to hit a home run in his Peagle uniform tonight? He has been fantastic on these Friday and Saturday night games at home while wearing these Rangers City Connect jerseys. Well, if you do, then you can go to Sleeper and swing for the fences with up to 100 times payouts. All you have to do is choose two or more players that you like, select more or less on their stat categories like home run, strikeouts, hits, and more. Get your picks right and you could win big. Use promo code Locked On and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out Sleeper today. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Monday, I'll be breaking down this huge weekend series against Milwaukee. The Rangers take on the Brewers this weekend, and you can catch every pitch for the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now we're getting into the five reasons why the Rangers will win the AL West, and reason number three is the Rangers have a better record against winning teams. The Rangers are 31-26 and 26 against teams with a winning record and Houston is 30 and 33 a losing record against teams with a winning record so the Rangers are better at beating up on the good teams than the Astros are this means unequivocally that the Astros must be frauds well I mean, not necessarily but it does mean the Rangers are doing a much better job of beating the good teams not just beating up on the bad teams the Rangers are good against everybody so I mean, it seems like the Astros have a an easier schedule in September than the Rangers do, at least by strength of schedule-wise. Um, but I really don't think it matters all that much. The Rangers are playing incredibly well against good teams, against bad teams, against mediocre teams. Like, it doesn't really matter. This Rangers team just keeps on winning against literally everybody, especially in this month of August, especially in the second half. This team is on fire right now, and it literally does not matter who they play, especially since they're not playing the three or four best teams um, besides them. It, it definitely helps, but I think that that means that you can kind of throw the winning record versus losing record of whoever the Rangers are playing out the door. This team is just going to mash no matter who they play. And number four reason why the Rangers will win the AL West is the Rangers have a fresher bullpen. That, that starting pitcher uh, boost, the edge the Rangers have in their rotation that is 
also plays into this. I mean, the Rangers pitchers are going very deep into games. Dane Dunning, John Gray, uh, not so much Andrew Heaney, but we've seen how deep Mike Scherzer can go into games, how consistently Jordan Montgomery can go deep into games, give you quality starts. I mean, these guys are providing you innings, and so you're not having to use your best relievers as often. I think Houston definitely has a better bullpen than the Rangers, but it's also a lot more overworked. The Houston Astros starters, there are a lot of young guys in their rotation, Hunter Brown, uh, J.P. France, and um, we've also seen quite a bit of Ronald Blanco, um, just Luis Garcia has definitely had his moments. He's not young, but he really can't go all that deep into games, and I don't. I think he's the one, yeah, we're not going to see him again for the rest of the season, but I mean... <sighs> Even Christian Javier, who was fantastic, fantastic last year. He's got a four and a half ERA this year. And he's not able to go very deep into games at all. I mean, the only one who really can is is Fromber and uh, Justin Verlander, which uh, even Verlander has been kind of mediocre since he's came back to the Astros. Three games, 18 innings, a 450 ERA. So while this Astros bullpen is really, really good, they are very very overworked. Phil Maton is on the 15-day IL. They've had to option guys like Seth Martinez, Ronald Blanco. I mean, other guys who have like just really made a difference, a big difference at times. And Rafael Montero has been used a whole lot this year, already 50 games, and he's got a five and a half ERA. So I think while the Astros bullpen is better, it is very overworked, and they are giving up a lot more leads late in games than the Rangers bullpen is, which is pretty fresh for the most part even though it's not as deep i think this rangers starting staff i mean it makes such a big difference on the bullpen and the number five reason why the rangers will win the al west over the astros is that this team is simply better this rangers team has just been better all season from top to bottom every single aspect i mean basically everything the coaching staff the hitting the bench, the depth, the starting rotation. I mean, all of these things that I listed, this Rangers team has just been more consistently winning games for longer stretches of time. They were great at the beginning of the season. They had a little bit of a mini slump in July. Things weren't super great, but they've turned things around and have been as hot as anybody in the month of August. And I, I think that that's going to continue. The Rangers are only going to get healthier. They've gone on this incredibly hot stretch for a decent chunk without Jonah Heim, a decent chunk without Josh Young, a decent chunk without Nathan Eovaldi, and it just does not matter. This team is so incredibly deep and talented and good. It is time to believe that this is the time that the Rangers can win the AL West. It's really a lot going to come down to that three-game series at the beginning of September, like I've said about a bazillion times, but this is the team to do it. They have been consistent. They have been trustworthy. Hopefully the Rangers don't just get shellacked in this game on Friday night against the Brewers and kind of undermine my point. But I think even if they do, it's it's the, all about the long haul. There are still 41 games left in this season, and for the first 121, this Rangers team has been simply better than everybody else in the AL West and simply better than most other teams in the American League and all of Major League Baseball. This is a team that should win the AL West, and even if they don't, they're still primed for a deep playoff run and would still end that drought of playoffness, playofflessness, whatever, however you would say that. Um, and I really do think that this is the team to finally dethrone the Astros. It'll be the first 162-game season where the Astros haven't won the AL West since 2016. There was that 2020 season where the A's won it, but that was 60 games and was kind of weird. So it would be fitting for that Houston run to be bookended by another Rangers run of dominance. And Hopefully that just means that the Astros can be on their way down. That would be nice in general. But taking the AL West this year would be absolutely huge, way better than anyone expected at the beginning of the season. A season where Chris Young has been in charge, and uh, there has been a little bit of debate in comparison 
blowing in the last couple of days. And there is a nice article by Evan Grant of the Dallas Morning News that I kind of want to touch on just briefly and also talk about JPM and, of course, our Rangers prospect of the week. But first, this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everdayers for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On Monday, shall we be breaking down this weekend's series against Milwaukee. The Rangers take on the Brewers this weekend and catch every pitch of the hometown broadcast on SiriusXM. Just download the SXM app and search Rangers. Now, before we get into the uh, Dallas Morning News article, uh, Julio Pablo Martinez is starting in this Friday night game in center field yet again over Leo Tavares, and I think that's a sign that we may be seeing a whole lot more of Julio Pablo Martinez. He has had great success in his time, short stint so far in the big leagues. The Rangers have won all but one of the games that he started. The only one they lost was that 10-inning weird weird game against San Francisco um, and then they lost the one that he appeared in as a pinch hitter where he went one for one but for the most part JPM has played a very big role on this Rangers team so far in just a short stint he is already making an impact he has reached base multiple times in all but one of his starts and in the one game that he didn't start he went one for one in a pinch hit opportunity in a big spot and was able to start a rally that the Rangers unfortunately could not finish but I think that this means JPM is going to get a bigger role with the Rangers, either playing every day in center field or left field, sometimes over Leody Tavares when Leody just needs an extra day off. Leody, I think, has had some better at-bats as of late than than his stats would indicate, and same with Ezekiel Duran, but both those guys are getting the day off on Friday against a very, very tough right-handed pitcher for the Brewers, but... I think this just means JPM is is going to be in there. He is producing results as opposed to good at-bats. And I think transitioning that mindset that I have had, at least, while watching this team when they're bad, of like, okay, let's look and see, not necessarily who's... It's kind of like watching minor league baseball, of like, okay, it doesn't really matter as much what the results are as as much as the process. But now, when the Rangers are trying to win games, and right now, good at-bats are nice and helpful for predicting what will be in the future. But... The Rangers need results right now. Whether it's a good at-bat or a bad at-bat, it doesn't matter as much as if the result is good or bad because the Rangers need good results. Whether they're repeatable or not, it doesn't matter as much as if they are happening right now. And JPM, it's not not to say that JPM's had bad at-bats, but I think that if you're betting on the future of a player being a more impactful major league career i'd lean more towards leo Tavares as opposed to julio pablo martinez but i could be wrong i mean julio pablo martinez had a lot of promise and he also had eye surgery before last season which has led to a lot of his success he had not his eyes weren't working properly and as a hitter i mean that is just a night and day difference um if you can't see the baseball then how the heck are you going to recognize pitches or recognize what's in the strike zone or not and it's made the world of difference he has been exceptional in his short stint in the big leagues already a 0.3 baseball reference war and just 19 at bats over his uh what six games so far got a slash line of where we go 421 435 474 a 908 on base with a couple of walks to four strikeouts only one extra base hit so far i'm sure we'll see him if he keeps getting extended run with his first big league homer but smart base running decent defense in the outfield this guy is a winning player and the rangers i see why they wanted to cut bait with bubba to put him on the active roster and, and did not send him back down i mean jankowski has provided some value as well but 
I think that JPM has jumped him in terms of the pecking order at in left field as an everydayer. And I think that is a great thing for him and a great thing for the Rangers. I mean, if Ezekiel Duran is going to get everyday at-bats in left field, or if Leody is going to get everyday at-bats in center field, both those guys are going to have to hit their way into doing so. And, you know, as much as I love Evan Carter, and I'll talk about the great week that he had, including the first game that I've ever seen from him in person, which was a very, very nice one. Um, those guys are going to have to force their way onto the roster and outperform a guy who is performing very, very well. So it's a very encouraging sign to see JPM thriving and a good sign for the Rangers because they could use every extra productive player that they can get for this stretch run to hopefully win the AOS from the Astros. Now, there was this great article on the Dallas Morning News website written by Evan Grant, talking with John Daniels catching up about what his life has been like since he was fired from the Rangers about a year ago, about this time a year ago, how he's been thriving, finding everything that he's wanting. It's just a really, really great article. You should go check it out if you haven't already. And I don't really want to get into the specifics as much about that as I have, as I would um, a certain debate that it feels, it feels like 2010 again, because there was, or I guess maybe it was 2012, maybe 2014. I don't know that, that early Rangers run, there was a lot of stupid online discourse about JD versus no one being a JD versus a no one guy. And that was just some of the dumbest arguments that were around the team at the time of, oh, no one's the reason that this team had success. And it was as soon as he started going to the Astros, it was the reason they had success. No, no one, Ryan barely made any decisions from 2010 onward. He was not the one making trades, making decisions. And that was John Daniels. Almost all of those moves were John Daniels. The Mark share trade, that was John Daniels. The uh, decision to go get Cole Hamels, that was John Daniels. The decision to sign Ryan Dempster, that, that was that was no one. The decision to sign Lance Berkman, that was no one. Those those are about the only impact moves that that no one Ryan made in those years. So a lot of the success, the vast majority of the success, I would say, is the the credit goes to John Daniels for building that team, not no one Ryan. And now that the Rangers are having success, literally about a year after they fired John Daniels, everyone's saying, oh, well, John Daniels being a part of this team is the reason that this team sucked. Chris Young is the one who has made all of this happen. And I don't want to denigrate Chris Young at all. I don't want to compare these guys at all because Chris Young is basically John Daniels' handpicked successor. No matter what was going to happen after the season, John Daniels was going to step down into a lesser role, not be the president of baseball operations. He was going to be in more of an advisory role, kind of like what Dayton Moore is right now, because JD has the experience, but he's looking for something a little more hands-off. And Chris Young is basically following John Daniels' plan. Like it's, it's not like Chris Young has come in here and completely reinvented the wheel of what John Daniels is doing. Not to say that he hasn't put his own spin on it, and I, I think he has, and he's done a fantastic job. Like The th moves that Chris Young has made while he's been in charge have been exceptional. Getting Bruce Bochy, being able to convince Jacob deGrom to sign here, Nathan Ivaldi to sign here, the trades he made this deadline, the draft he did this year, drafting Wyatt Langford. Um, oh, those are great. And I don't think that I don't want to go through that again with the JD versus no one nonsense. JD played the fa the groundwork for most of this. He drafted or traded for most of this young core. He helped sign Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon. He traded for Jonah Heim, traded for Nathaniel Lowe, drafted Josh Young, signed Leo Tavares, traded for Adoles Garcia. Like a lot of these, also made the trade for Ezekiel Durant. Like 
a lot of these moves are John Daniels. So it is both these guys together who have combined to help make this season the magical one that it has been. And I think that just crapping on John Daniels, not to say that JD was perfect. Obviously, I'm a, a big John Daniels supporter. He definitely had his flaws. The The way that he drafted players from basically 2010 to really 2019 was it felt like the first good draft that he had there's just not a whole lot of success there outside of like joey gallo the first round picks from 2010 to like 2019 uh, were just really bad but he did do a lot of other things well and i think that crapping on the guy who built the only two teams in franchise history to win the only yeah the only two teams in franchise history to ever win a playoff series just, just a single one it feels stupid and childish and nonsensical and it also diminishes what chris young is doing like he has done a lot but there's a lot of groundwork laid for him by jd and i think he's going to keep being a fantastic gm make moves of his own and get credit for that but i don't think that we should just praise chris young at the expense of crapping on john daniels he's with tampa bay they're thriving too he's thriving just everyone chill out we don't have to talk about John Daniels much anymore. That is my soapbox rant. But speaking of guys who were drafted by John Daniels, I want to get my prospect of the week. Uh, Emiliano Teodo is a guy who is one of the more interesting prospects in the Rangers system. He's a guy who has a guy who hits triple digits. He actually wasn't drafted by the Rangers. He was signed. He is a 22-year-old out of the Dominican Republic, listed at 6'1", 165 pounds, the right-handed starting pitcher. And he had his best start of the season on the 15th. That was, uh, I believe, Monday, Tuesday. It doesn't, doesn't matter. But it was against the Rome Braves. Went five innings, allowed two hits, two walks, nine strikeouts in this one. He's a guy that I think ultimately ends up in the bullpen. But you got to keep starting him for as long as you can keep him as a starter. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed in Hickory for the rest of the year. He is 22 years old and won't be 23 until February 14th of next year. So he's done a decent job this year. He didn't start his season until the end of May. And uh, this is by far his best start of the year. Only the second time, the third time, excuse me, that he went five innings. But allowing just two walks, he is normally a pretty wild guy. Having him see nine strikeouts is also really great. Another guy who I considered was Jose Corniel, who has been very, very good. Also with the Hickory Crawdads, also went five innings of shutout ball against the Rome Braves. Six strikeouts for him, though, and no walks. Very good season for Corniel, who has just been very, very consistent this year. Not a guy who I think has a super high-end ceiling. I think could be a back-end starter, but this year, in two stops between Hickory and Downey's, he's got a 3.15 ERA, 88 and two-thirds innings, and 102 strikeouts. Really good stuff for him. Not a whole lot of walks, decent number of strikeouts, and not a whole lot of hard contact. That is some really great stuff. Now, on Hickory, on the hitting side, it was a little bit of a rough week for Wyatt Langford, the first one he has had in his minor league career albeit a very brief one. He's played 15 total games. He's played five of those in the last week where he's hitting 059 on base of 200, slugging just 818, a 318 OPS. Still for the season, he's got an OPS of 1,018. He wasn't going to continue to have a 14 or 100-ish OPS that he did in his first 10 games. But one fun fact that I did learn about White Langford this year, thanks to Lisa on Twitter, is that the, his teammates call him Gator, which... I don't know if you're like me and that your your brain works this way that but whenever I hear the term gator applied to somebody as a nickname I always think of Will Smith or Will Farrell in the other guys just um yeah I'm not going to quote that because this is a family show um and my mother listens but very f- 
funny movie always makes me think of that but white langford having a nickname of gator is just very fun not a great week for him but it's fine he's a great prospect he'll have bad weeks and fast tracking him to the big leagues seems like isn't going to happen this year which is great because he's a first rounder and he needs to be able to go through some struggles at high a we'll probably still see him at double a next year but i mean who knows also another guy i wanted to shout out and give a little bit of love is aiden curry who has been having a very very good season went four innings with uh Four innings of one run ball this week with five strikeouts and for the year he has just been again one of the more consistent pitchers for the rangers system he is with the down east wood ducks he is 21 years old i believe he was one of the guys who was signed out after the 2020 season that was undrafted there are quite a few of those guys who the rangers signed that are doing pretty well he's got a 237 era in 18 games, 76 innings with 93 strikeouts for Down East. He is 20 years old, a year and a half younger than the average player at that level. So just there's a guy to keep your eye on. Um, another guy to keep your eye on is someone who you might have heard of, a guy named Evan Carter. Maybe, maybe you've heard of him. Top player in the Rangers farm system, depending on who you ask. I still think he's tops over Wyatt Langford. Um, not just because of this week that Evan had a good week and White had a bad week. It's just Evan's got a little bit more of a body of work at the minor league level, and he's in double A, where he had a fantastic week. It had been a little bit of a rough stretch for him in the back half of July and early August, but his last five games, he has been on fire. He's got a slash line of 375, 565, 625, and 1190 OPS in those 23 plate appearances, but a lot of that work has been done in the last two games, including last night's game where I finally got out to Frisco and was able to see him hit a triple and then score on a wild pitch. He also worked to walk because, of course, he will do that. And then the game before, he reached base five times with a couple hits, including a double and three walks. That was when he rolled up his pants legs, which was a, a new look, according to Tampa Participation on Twitter. He did that again on the Thursday game where he hit that triple and also walked and had some pretty good plate appearances and some decent defense in left field. But yeah, a pretty good week for Evan Carter. One, The one thing that I will say about Evan that I didn't really realize until I looked a little bit more into some of his advanced splits, not really that advanced, um, but advanced enough, is that he has not hit lefties at all this year. He has got 73 plate appearances against lefties, a 227, 301, 224 slash line, zero of his 13 home runs, and just one extra base hit in those 73 plate appearances. He lefties a little bit better last year, but again, all of his... His sample size against minor league baseball is very small because of the pandemic season, which is the whole reason the Rangers are able to steal him from the rest of the world as a second round pick um, and also a little bit of injuries his first season as a pro. But really great to see Evan Carter in person. Can confirm he is fast, very good at baseball, and sees a lot of pitches. Very excited for the future outfield of the Rangers that will include Evan Carter and Wyatt Langford. I don't know when that's going to be, but just imagining those two guys out there. It's going to be a lot of fun seeing those guys hit the crap out of some baseballs and be pretty rangy, probably both of them at a corner, probably in opposite corners. But who knows? We'll see what the Rangers' future looks like. It definitely looks bright, and it looks like they are going to win the AL West this year. Thought gave you the five reasons why, and I'm feeling very confident that those reasons are going to come to fruition. Or if it's some other reason why the Rangers end up winning the AL West, I'll be okay with that too. But Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. That's going to do it for this week's editions of Locked on Rangers. We'll be back on Monday. Until next time, don't forget to enjoy first place Texas Rangers baseball.